I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Crypto Sound Up Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shovelnoff. I was always welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. Future Jiu Jitsu World Champion, Angel Ortega. We got a lot of stuff to talk about this week, boys. UC Vegas to go with City to go over. PFL versus Bellator went down over the weekend as well. UC Vegas 87 going down this weekend as well as a bunch of news to go ahead and talk about. Uh, real quick, we are brought to you by two fantastic sponsors of the show, Rogue Energy and Elixir. Rogue Energy to keep me fueled up no matter where I'm at, whether I'm at the gym or at home. They get me to the finish line, and they can help you get there with code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off. Meanwhile, the Elixir, they're going to chill you out with their Delta 8 products. Once again, code SOUNDOFF for 10% off. They're going to get you really high. Uh, but, yeah, once again, RogueEnergy.com as well as Elixir.com, code SOUNDOFF, all caps for both of those. Uh, look, man, the UFC went to Mexico over the weekend in Mexico City, Going down at the Arena CDMX on Saturday night. In the main event, Brandon Moreno had it all perfectly set up. If he gets the win, he faces Alexander Pantoja for a fourth time. Could have been the first man in UFC history to have not only one, but two quadrilogies. Instead, Brandon Roy Val upsets him. Coming in here on short notice, wins by split decision 48-47, 46-49, 48-47 were the cards. Um, look, man, I, I gotta say, I was kind of, I don't want to say I was disappointed with Brandon Moreno, but I, I kind of was, man. It felt like he was a little bit on the back foot for a lot of this fight. It really felt like he wasn't really kind of, um, he wasn't nearly as explosive. He's kind of like waiting a lot. What'd you kind of make of his performance and ultimately Brandon Roy Val getting the split decision nod on Saturday? Dude, this was a weird fight to me. He, like you said, there he he fought in a very different way that I think we've seen him fight compared to all his other fights. I kind of wonder if there was any sort of injury or anything uh, that happened during the fight or pre-fight that we just didn't know about. And Brandon still wanted to make fight day. Uh, it was odd. He was doing, like you said, he's doing a lot of circling, trying to land bombs. It looked very, I'd say, pretty good early on, uh, for the most part. But I mean, Josh, like think about his last three or four fights, like. Has Brandon Moreno ever looked like that in any of his last three or four fights? Like, it was very odd to me that he fought the way he did and looked the way he did. Because it almost just didn't seem like the same guy in there for a little bit. And I felt like Royval fought the same way. He ended up getting, catch a little bit of stride in there. But my boy Brandon Royval was throwing a ghost in there, bro. He landed at 31%. And he did, he, look, he did land 177 strikes, but so Brandon's 119 that were 54%. Like, granted, these are just numbers. They're not actually, like, as far as, like, the quality of strikes that were in the fight. But even then, I felt like the whole fight, for the most part, I thought Brandon landed the bigger shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some cries for robbery, Josh. I don't know. Like the fight ended, and I was like, I feel like they're gonna give it to Ray Val. But I was like, I could see Brandon winning. It's kind of like, what are we to take it here? The big shots, or the number, of, or the quality, or uh, the the large quantity of strikes? Like mm-hmm. I'm very, I felt I came out of the fight very unsatisfied with either result. Uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a weird fight, and I think that played a big role. I mean, the cries of robbery, I mean, I hope I didn't see actually any real cries of robbery, and I, I sure as shit hope that they shouldn't be out there. I mean, look, I thought this was a relatively clean win uh, for Brandon Roy Val. Close, but clean, in my opinion. It was one of those fights. I thought he largely had a great kind of um, 
how can I put I mean, granted, I'll, I'll say this. Scoring was kind of all over the place. And if you look up MMA decisions and kind of see how, like, fans kind of respond to this yet. fight. Yeah, dude, it's all over the place, man. Like, the judges and even the fans are all over the place. I don't know, man. I thought Brandon Roy, that was more active, man, across uh, five rounds. I, I don't remember which rounds I gave him off the top of my head. I, I know for sure I gave him round four. Uh, and really, I think round two, if I remember correctly, for, for Moreno, and round four for Roy Val were really like the only clear rounds of the fight. Or maybe it was round one for Brandon Moreno. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, there was a lot of kind of, like, like a lot of swing rounds that you could give, you know, if, you, if you're looking one way, kind of, to, depending on what you're looking for, you can go ahead and give it to what, he, like, which either, which either guy, excuse me, uh, I, I thought Roy Val deserved the win. I had no issue with him pulling off the win, um. That's that's kind of my thoughts on it, man. Uh, you know, in, in regards to Brandon Roy Val, man, I mean, it was kind of like you said, it's kind of what we expected out of him, man. It very much a lot of forward pressure, uh, always moving forward, especially in those championship rounds, man. Despite the fact that he came in here on short notice, he was the guy that was pushing the pace late. Like he was, he was pushing the pace. Came in here on short notice in Mexico City, by the way. He said, "Fuck the altitude, man. I'm good." And. uh <laughs> a big part of that had to do with the fact that he does train in Colorado, so he already had like that altitude that he had to deal with. Um, anyways, man. Yeah, I mean, in regards to Brandon Roy Val, I, I don't think he should get a title shot next, but, I mean, it seems like that may be the way they're going to go. Maybe they'll, which, they'll give him the first Which is track. insane, Josh. I'm not trying to be yeah. – I'm not trying to hate or nothing, but it just – I feel like it's the very yeah. – it's not the right choice. And granted, there's not a lot of options, and they they lost their main event for – UFC 301, you know, which was going to be what we imagined was going to be a Pejaya Jamal Hill with a co-main of uh, Pantoja with the winner of, uh, at the time, Amir Bazi and or Brandon Moreno, which I think would have been great. I think either way, like that 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 right there is a main and co-main event would have been very solid for the Brazilian fans. Obviously, double co-main header, main, double main event and co-head, uh, co-head led by Brazilians as champs. I mean, it was, it was going to be perfectly mm-hmm. set up for them. Just didn't end up coming into to flourish, dude. It was, it was just kind of a kind of disappointing for them. I, I really don't know what they're gonna do. Mohammed Makai? Absolutely. No, oh, I would love Pot- it. <laughs> Potential title shot? No, I'm just I kidding. would love it, bro. I would. Lo- hey, you know what? Fuck it, man. Just do it. If if he can, if he can fucking, you know, if he can, if he can go ahead and beat him this week, I mean, I mean, he could know? definitely sell himself. I mean, you know, I mean, and if not, you know, I'm sure they can convince Ronaldo to fight Makai and on like. Here in a few months or two months, you know, something crazy like that. Mm. I mean, what is, you know, I know I'm kind of, I know we're going to talk about this in a minute, but I'm, I'm yeah. looking at it now. Makayev's eight, Alex Perez is eight. Look, we've done far worse, right? <laughs> yeah. We've done a lot worse. Um, yeah, man. He So, in regards to Roy Val, like you said, they're probably going to give him the title shot, which it's just, it, this is what I complained about for like 20 minutes last week, dude. Like, the flyweight division has a lot of talent, but it is true that at the top level, these guys just keep on fighting each other and, like, just – there's not a whole – like, and any time they have to fight down, they typically end up beating some of the younger guys, which is like, we're stuck in this really weird position to where Roy Val is probably going to fight Pantoja next, and, like, he just lost Newman in December, and, like, he already lost to him in 2021, and even for even if Moreno won, this is why this is so fucking stupid. Even if even if Moreno won, they were gonna fight for a fucking fourth time. And like, yeah, like last year it was my fight of the year, so I wouldn't be as mad, you know. But like, come on, man, like they gotta give that shot to Amir Albazi, bro. I don't care. I don't care that he pulled out. <laughs> I don't care, man. Like, 
I, I'm so, just, I want, just for the yeah. sake to have a new name in there, Yahida. Yeah, and just to have some new guys, just to have some fresh fucking blood. And it's like Kai Car Fran. And it just it just doesn't help too that there's like so much that like goes wrong that has gone wrong in this division too. Because like I always talk about the Flyweight division. Flyweight division is it's it's among my favorite. I'd probably put a top three at the moment. Like guys like McKive coming up, Tatsu Ratara coming up. You know, even guys like Steve Irsek, who I don't think are like. Like world title caliber, but they are fun guys. You know what but I mean? But he's the one. He's the one to see. He's trying to prove himself. You know exactly, exactly. Like there's a lot of young guys. But here's the thing: like those young guys haven't gotten to that level yet. And even then, you have guys like Manel Cape. Manel Cape fucking pulled out of a fight recently. He could have easily been fighting for a title. You know what I mean? Uh, Kai Car France dealing with injuries right now. You know what I mean? So it's like there's so many guys that just like man, like if this one thing went right, they'd be fighting for the belt. Instead, we're looking at potentially Roy Val, Pantoja 3. And, like, look, Roy Val may win that fight. Like, he, he in, in the championship rounds of the last fight, he was coming on strong. And I think he even said in his post interview, like, Pantoja was holding on for dear life as, as near the end. So, um, I get it. And he's won four or five. And if they would give him the title shot, I mean, a lot worse things have happened than, than them giving him the title shot, you know what I mean? So You know, uh, and this is something that just popped up in my head right yeah. now. Do you think Davison leaving this division also kind of, like, screwed some things up? Because that's another person there. That's another matchup there, another guy who you have potentially fighting and being able to make fights. And he was in the rankings, and he just, you know, obviously, I mean, this is going to happen if a fighter retires and moves a division at all. Like, he kind of, uh, it kind of disrupted that, too, in a sense, because now you you don't have that other option there to to create fights with, especially because he was. I mean, he was at the top of the rankings. You know, you essentially had to push a guy from below up who wasn't there, and then start making all these matchups. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and also a big thing that, and, and this is like I look. I have issues with uh, the UFC's matchmaking, and I think sometimes they take this particular thing too far. But it is true that the UFC they generally like to have like older guys kind of face more like the younger guys who are kind of on the rise. And whenever you're kind of giving them the rub, you know what I mean? Like they're kind of becoming like, oh, shit. Like, for example, I'll give, I'll give you an example. I talked about him. Steve, Steve Ersegg. Let's say Steve Ersegg fights, you know, uh, Figueroa and he beats him. Like, oh, shit. Now, he, now you know that guy's for real. Now you have these young guys and, like, maybe Figueroa fights a young guy and that young guy proves himself and, boom, you got another title contender. He fights another young guy, loses again. Same thing. Like, there aren't too many established fighters in the flyweight division, just kind of the top five or six guys. And those top five or six generally don't fight down too often, and when they do, they typically beat those guys. So it's like, or, or even then, like maybe a guy like Amir Albazi, who just won against a top-tier guy against Kai Car France, he had a he had an opportunity to prove himself for a title shot, and then he pulled out. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a lot of misfortune, really. I think more than anything. I, I don't know if we can really narrow it down to, like, one thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. How did you feel about uh, Sehuda's call-out? I thought it was actually – I was a big fan of the idea. Yeah. You know, now that we find out Sehuda might not retire or isn't retired or whatever. Yeah. But uh, for those who don't know, and kind of what I'm talking about right now, is uh, Sehuda on Twitter, I think. Was it Twitter? Called out uh, – It was, yeah. Called out Brandon Moreno to fight him in the sphere. I mean, there's plenty of time for that fight to happen. They're both coming off two losses, both former champs, you know, Mexican. Got beef. Got a little bit of beef, too. Got a little bit of beef. Well, you know, one Mexican born, one Mexican American. Like, there's, there's a storyline there. <laughs> and those guys could easily headline a headline or co-main event, whatever they decide to do. Uh, you know, that event. And that's, that's far out. I mean, that's very far, far out. They get yeah. a lot of time for, 
for one, for Henry to get back down to 125 shape, especially at 37 years old in a division that's, you know, very fast, high pace, very technical, you know. And uh, Brandon, who's obviously coming off a, a loss early the, early in the year now, you know, maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to have all these months off and get prepared, uh, you know, and, you know, start training in the summer and get back into training, you know, give himself a little bit of time. Because it's been, you know, five-round main event after five-round and main event getting ready and championship fight. And it's kind of like, you know, you know, it's still – and on top of that, these guys could get paid right here in this fight. I feel like these guys could mm-hmm. actually make a good chunk of change here uh, if this fight does end up happening. Mm. Yeah, you know, I saw that, and I'm like, damn. <clears throat> I hate how much sense that makes, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like, it hurts me how good of an idea it is. I was like, fuck, dude, I hate that an idea. That good came from Henry Cejudo. Like, fuck. <laughs> um, Damn it. <laughs> jokes aside, jokes aside. Like, I love Henry. I'm happy he's staying around, bro. Like, honestly. Like, I think, didn't man, I, I didn't expect it either. I really thought he was done. So I'm really happy that Cejudo's staying around. I think that fight makes so much sense. Uh, for the Las Vegas Steer card going down in September. So, yeah, I would love to see that one. Uh, either at, at Flywood or Bantamway, man. I don't know if Henry can make the cut, but, you know, if, hey. if he's down to try, I mean, might as well let him, right? He, he can make it. He can make it. I know he can. Yeah. Um. Anyways, man. Yeah, I think we should uh, probably go ahead and move on to that Coleman event. I feel like the Coleman event uh, earned way more headlines, bro. I mean, goddamn. And it makes sense, too. Brian Ortega in the Coleman event rolls his ankle. At the introduction, during the introduction, uh, prior to fighting out your entry, guys, you could just tell he was he was fucked up from the start of that fight. Uh, but he did not let it deter him. He eventually starts getting some takedowns, and round three, he gets an arm triangle choke to get the come-from-behind win. What a win, dude, for Brian Ortega. T-City, man, he is back. What did you make of his performance? Dude, didn't this feel a little vintage Ortega getting the beat, getting the shit beat out of him, and then he gets the submission at the end? I mean, let's let's be honest, you know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that, yeah. I mean that's really what it reminded me of. I did not expect this result at all. I thought, yeah, Urdurkis had made strides and, and improved a lot on his groundwork, and on top of that, I had I felt like he had such an advantage over uh, Brian Ortega on the feet. But that, I felt like you know I gotta give credit to Brian. Brian stood his ground on the feet, tried to do his best, landed some decent shots in there. Ended up, you know, ended up getting beat up a little bit there, but in the end, ended up turning around, was able to get the takedowns, and the takedowns ended up being his uh, his road to victory. And getting that, what it was a third round finish, like you said there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, shout out to City man, heartbreak. I, I have to say, the heartbreaking for Ayer Rodriguez, he was he was really selling himself for this year, uh for this. Uh, I mean, Elliot Supporter fight, and it looked like potentially, you know, I'm not saying it was guaranteed, but you know, with Volk being out of action, maybe for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they could have got yeah, year Rodriguez that or, or uh, that event in in Spain against Ilya Teporia in the stadium or whatever somewhere, and then you know it would have and if, depending how the fight would have gone, that could have been a crazy moment in itself right there, uh, or that could have been a great lead up into potentially a bulk rematch with Ilya in uh, later this year, maybe mm-hmm. setting up Ilya for a three fight year. Uh, you know, I don't think they're gonna go the Brian Ortega route. They could potentially. We'll have to see. Uh, I don't think anybody's necessarily ex- calling for that one, and I don't think even Brian was really calling for it. He said he's going to mm-hmm. sit down with a Sean Shelby and them and, and uh, Hunter to figure out what was next, which I thought was interesting. He didn't call anybody out. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what's really going to happen after this. Like, I, and I really don't know what's next for Brian Ortega. Yeah, I mean, I really don't know either, man. They cannot give him a title shot, can they? Like, 
I like I weirder things have happened. Um but they ah, man, I would go insane if they gave Brian a title shot for Well dude, you 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 as a responsible human being, you can't possibly do that when the two guys ranked ahead of him beat the shit out of him too. Yeah? Yeah. Like respectfully, yeah. you know what I mean? Just re- yeah, respectfully speaking, you know. Like You know, because no, let's, let's be honest, I mean Max Holloway has a highlight, not even knock a highlight fight of him dude, against Brian Ortega. Dude, well, he he put Brian dude, he was giving Brian Ortega fucking boxing lessons mid fight. Like they cannot <laughs> Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. I mean I agree with you. I agree with you. Um they can't possibly do that. But like at the same time though, like they could do that. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> they could, they could. The UFC has done a lot weirder. Oh, Jesus, Angel. Yeah, they... <laughs> I couldn't say it on air, Josh, but I had it yeah. in my mind. Gonna turn him into a ghost, man. Uh, gonna straight up kill him. Yeah, I mean, look. I uh, I don't know who's next for Brian, man. I mean, the fact that, like... I saw, I saw a lot of people shitting on Brian in the build-up to this fight, and they're like, you know, he never fights. He's in another big fight. Well, he's been injured. You know, let's let's, let's be clear there. He was injured. This fight was, you know, yeah. scheduled. You know, had was scheduled and did happen, but he ended up getting injured during the fight. The UFC did right by, uh, I think, both these guys by remaking this fight, and they they competed. And uh, Brian Ortega ended up coming out on top. You know, this was this yeah. moment. Yeah, and be quite honest with you, I don't really care. I, I was going to go ahead and say, like, yeah, like, uh, uh, I understand people get mad about that sort of thing, but like, man, I really do think that. T-City, whenever he fights, he is one of the best in this division, and he's one of the most entertaining guys in the UFC, period. Try and think of a fight that, that he's had that wasn't a complete fucking banger. You can't. You can't or, think of it. Or, or at least exciting in some way, whether he was winning or losing, you know? Exactly. Exactly, dude. Like, he's been in so many fucking bangers, dude. Well, dude, just, uh, just to give an example, like, and it's a losing fight, think about how exciting his uh, Volk fight was. Incredible. Incredible fight. He's part of one of the biggest moments in that fight. You know, that submission attempt over Volk. They end up getting it, but the fact that he had Volk in that much danger. Yeah. You know, we're not that far removed from a world where Brian Ortega at least held the title at some point, you know, yeah. at a point in time. Like, uh, that's not that far of a concept, you know. I guess, you know, you got to put some respect. Granted, you know, I will say, you know, I think Brian Ortega's fight style is, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword very much, you know. Yeah. Because he has taken... A lot of damage. I mean, he came out of that fight looking worse than Ayer Rodriguez. Ayer Rodriguez lost the fight, you know? Yeah. And it's one of those things, too, that, like, I don't know how much longer he has in this game due to just the fact that he's made a glass, kind of. But like, I, think, I mean, he's 33, you know? We already know that drop-off's no. going to happen soon enough. Uh you know, he had plot armor, Josh. Tracy Cortez was in attendance. So. That's true. I from the, I saw that, and I'm like, oh, the, he's it's over now. He's fucking... <laughs> yeah. He's got only, it in the bag, dude. Only if I do, dude. Only if I fucking would have known. That's so funny. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, bro. Um, I, I really don't know who they're going to have a fight. I mean, we could see him... You want to you wanna see if Brian can pull a fun fight out of Mosfar Elabov? I mean, he could do that. I feel like that actually makes some sense, right? Especially since we know uh, Max is going to fight here soon, so he's not going to have a fight scheduled anytime, anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, we know Volk's definitely not going to fight down at this time. You know, I feel like the moment Volk has to fight down, he might step away from the sport. If I'm being mm-hmm. honest, yeah. I feel like he, I think he's one of those prideful guys where he knows he's, he knows his value, and he knows that if he fights down, that's just uh, you know it's time to step away. So I think I think a Mozart or Brian Ortega fight actually makes. Some sense, right? Because you know he's gonna pull, 
you know, Brian's going to bring the action and, and, you know, he's, he's capable of winning that. And, uh, yeah, no, you could, you could definitely sell that. I think there's, if you put that on the right card, I think you have that on, on, on some undercard of a pay-per-view on the main card. You could, yeah, no, I, I'm down for that. Yeah. But, uh, that's funny that you mentioned that because I've seen like th- this past week, dude, Mozart and Ailey have been going at it. So that's kind of good there. That's that they're, they're kind of, uh, we kind of got that going. By the way, you gotta continue talking about it, Josh, until he stops. Elliot Sapporo is still doesn't want to fight anybody in the 145 division. Yeah, I, I saw a list. Somebody compiled the list. Since winning the UFC title, Elliot Sapporo has called out Conor McGregor. He's called out Islam Makachev. He's called out Floyd Mayweather. Uh, he's not shown interest in fighting a single <laughs> dude, he, actual contender at 145. He's just speed running the shit. He's like, fuck it, dude. I'm Connor now. I'm not. I'm not doing this. I'm boxing. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Dude, you know? He called out fucking. <laughs> he called out uh, what's his name? He called AJ McKee, dude. He's not even the UFC. Isn't that crazy? Did he? No, I'm saying he's a fucking. Oh, okay, joke. all right. You got me because you know in the fucking UFC that he can actually fight. Yeah, um, dude, he, he called out Henry Cejudo, dude, you know, like, he's calling out guys that aren't even in his division, like, it's wild. Which, which, just to be clear, I mean, I would, Josh, I he love even this. called out retired, dude, he called out a retired boxer, Edwin Valero, dude, Edwin Valero isn't even alive. <laughs> yeah, dude, he called out the ghost of Tommy Morrison, dude, he was fucking, he was like, oh yeah, where's, he, he fucking won his fight against Volk. He's like, where's Pat Militich at? You know, like, he was fucking. You know, he called out Pat Militich. I mean, you know, they Pat, did say Pat Volk. was actually in attendance. He got a DUI on the way home. You know, I mean, Josh, they, you know, you know, Ilya likes drinking wine while he cuts weight. You know, that fight, that fight could be interesting, you know, while, <laughs> while fucking Ilya's cutting weight, drinking fucking wine, and the other fucking, you know, sauna. Don't worry. Pat, Pat Militich is down here. No, I'm not even drinking wine, dude. Pat's Dowdy fucking Miller Light in there, dude. Like, see, Pat comes from an older age of fighters where you you, <laughs> you actually you need the beer to cut weight. It actually makes it easier, you know. Dude, Josh uh, is uh, you, we didn't know this dude, but he did a master master the Asian shake to the drunken style. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's a drunken he the, master, you know. <laughs> he is the drunken master. Dude. Oh Jesus. Uh, anyways, man, I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens at 145, uh, in regards to the rest of this card, uh, what fights you want to talk about. It was a pretty, it was a really fun night, man. The, the, the fucking Mexican crowd was popping. I called it, dude. I said that I think half these fights, if not more half of the, then more, more than half of these fights could be finishes. And that ended up being the case. Uh, dude, I mean, hi, I, I have to shout out these two highlight performances. Yeah. Daniel Zell Hoover continuing his, his little run here. He has, uh, mm-hmm. Man, I remember when I got caught wind of him, he was fighting, I don't even know if he was in fucking Combate yet or just got into Combate, but he wasn't even, uh, or in Lux, one of the two, but he was still very early on his career, he was undefeated, had a lot of wins, and, um, you know, he still has the name, the Golden Boy, right, you know, like, that, yeah. that's, that's been his whole thing, and uh, he's only 24, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy, I kind of wonder if he'll end up being, like, that the Mexican fighter, you know, that, you know, who knows, right? I'm not going to call champion yet or can't shave with Chicago. I think he still has a, uh, quite a bit of learning to do. But he's definitely shown some uh, some strides as a potential. But to have this record, to kind of have the performances he's having at this kind of age, you know, he did have that one loss against Trey Ogden, but that was his UFC debut. And like I said, he was, you know, really young at the time. I kind of wonder, like, what is going to be the peak for this kid? And then uh, another young fighter, Yasmin Haragi, 
after having like, I mean, her only loss and in, in, in one of the one of the worst ways, you know, to, to lose in twenty seconds. Oh yeah. On on you know in a pay per view, um, you know, on a, and especially one where you know you have two fellow Mexicans that also did lose. Yeah, you're Andres and Brandon Reno. I mean, that was a tough night. Edgar Chayres also on that card losing. Who he was on this card and ended up winning. He used Aguilar on that card winning, being the only Mexican that won that night. Won again on this night, I believe. You no, know, she looked. I thought. I, I thought Yasmin looked good on the feet, clean as she does. Once again, young, you know, twenty-five. I, you know, I've heard, I've heard her talk on a podcast about her story and kind of how she had her come up. Very, very interesting gal, young, a mother, single mother at that. So, you know, and, and like I said, there's there there and there's so many highlight performances on here that I'm sure you all hit as well. Mm. Yeah, man. I mean, it was it was a great night, bro. I mean, it honestly was for a lot of the young talent. It was a really good night. Um, you highlight a couple of the fights I was going to go ahead and highlight, man. But yeah, I mean, I, other other good performances. Edgar Chaez submitting Daniel Arcega, uh, nice submission, uh, triangle choke in the first, man. Um, Felipe Dos Santos, who I highlighted last week, is just the guy who, if you guys forgot, came and gave him an LK. Just a fucking banger in his debut. Uh, another young guy down at flyweight got a split decision win on Saturday. I think he, I mean, not exactly the most, you know, didn't light up the world, uh, but 23 years young, dude, so young in his career. He's going to uh, improve. Hyoni Barcelos picking up a win on the prelims. Uh, he's a guy that is a seasoned veteran at this point in his career, man. I mean, been around in the UFC for going on, uh, I want to say six or seven years now. Um, happy to see him go ahead and pick up a win over Christian Eugenio's. Uh, Kenyones, excuse me. Um, I also have to give a a, a shout out uh, to that fan in the crowd wearing the Monster Energy hat. Um, the guy wearing all black. Yeah, he the guy that that I got, two, that. got two knockouts uh, in one night. I mean, uh, straight up hit him, not knocked down one guy and then hit another dude with a fucking Alex Bahia, you know, Poeton left hook. Chum, chum. Yeah, Shama knocked him out cold. So uh, shout out that guy. Uh, did you see Dana talking about it? By the way, the the brawl. No. What did you say? Was he was he cool with it? He was like he was like yeah. He was I, fuck, right? That that's such what it was. Right? He just didn't care. Yeah, he well he talked about it. He was like yeah, I was I was there. I saw the whole thing. The like the the security just let it go until until the fight was over. It was the craziest shit I'd ever seen. Like fire. Dana man, was fire. in the basement. You know. I know that yeah, sounds man. about right. That sounds about right, man. Um, boy, I'll tell you this much, man. That's all I got for this one. But I will say, dude, the the fucking difference in environment. Because there were two fight cards on Saturday. You had PFL versus Bellator, which was actually, uh, we'll talk about it in a minute. I thought a pretty good card going down in Saudi about Arabia. This. I did check it out, though. I did watch it. Did you watch it? I watched almost, in, I watched, uh, I watched I, almost all of it, yeah. I came in. Right as they were giving the Shields decision, which I was sad about that I missed. Ah, uh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean it was it was a good card. It was a good card. It was uh, but dude, the difference in environment, dude. It, like 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 I said, Saudi Arabia fight cards have the atmosphere of the fucking DMV, and then uh, and then a couple hours later they're in Mexico City where dudes are just fighting in the crowd and fucking going crazy. And man, you love it, man. You just love it. But uh. Yeah, I think we should go ahead and move on, man. Um, because I did mention that PFL versus Bellator card. Uh, going down Saturday during the day, and uh, from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia in Riyadh at the Kingdom Arena, a um, couple of bangers, man. We'll go ahead and kick off the main event because it will be Henan Fahea from Lima, six feet eight. This motherfucker, man. This guy is huge. 
took him all of 21 seconds to knock out Ryan Bader, handing Bader his first loss at heavyweight ever. Um, you know, in considering Bader's kind of resume at, F- at heavyweight, that's kind of saying a whole lot, man. Uh, what did you make about his performance in the main event? I should have put some respect on Honey Fernandez, man. I knew what he was capable of, you know, and I thought Bader was going to go in there and probably just, you know, wrestle him down, put some pressure against him on the cage, but I forgot how big the height difference was going to be going into this fight, you know. I, I forgot that Henry Fernandez was so huge and how he was going to have a decently sized uh, reach advantage. I kind of... I kind of regret not think, taking that into account because I felt like if there was to be – I felt like out of all the guys on the main card that were non-Bellator uh, guys, there was to be one guy that upset. And it was the fight – funny enough, if I were to bet – I thought about betting on this fight. I, I thought about betting on this main card. That was the only fight that I didn't want to bet on, and it was mm. that one because I was so unsure of it. But I ended up going to beta right like I did on the show. We both ended up going to beta right on the show. And, uh, you know, credit to Hennepin. And on top of that, Josh, you didn't mention it, though. But, guys – we know Francis Ngannou's next opponent after Anthony Joshua. Yeah. It is Tyson Fury. No, no. <laughs> Randall, Shit, maybe. I'm sure the result of the fight could play a factor. That's another thing we do have to take into account. Yeah, I mean, I think if Francis beats AJ, I don't know if we'll ever fight an MMA again. But, you know. And no one can blame him for it. No, not even a little bit. Um yeah, look, bro. I mean, this was a uh, – it was – dude, The the I knew – I picked Bader, right? But watching the weigh-ins on Friday, I'm like, man, what the fuck was I thinking, bro? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I I thought the same thing. I was like, damn, I fucked up. I was like, well, it is what it is. I'll accept my fucking failures. Yeah, I mean, just a massive, massive human being, just ridiculously. Well, I forgot he was six eight. I knew he was gonna be bigger than, him, but I forgot he was six eight. I was like, fuck me, dude. I forgot. Yeah, dude. I mean, he's so fucking tall, dude. I mean, it's it's unreal. Um. And even just, like, even beyond the fact that he's 6'8", I mean, I'm pretty sure the guy, like, cuts down. Like, I think he, like, I don't even remember how much he weighed on Friday, but it's such a big difference, dude. He's so fucking massive, but... He weighed 263. Uh, 263. So he's probably cutting some weight, too, to get on there, man. And, and Ryan Bader, man, he's a he's a good fighter, man, but he's not... He's not a guy that's going to be able to make up that much, like, gap in terms of height and, and, and size and shit, especially at his age, so... Shout out to Bader, though, for still going in there, man. We we try to give him some uh, some level of uh, respect, and, and we thought he could have got it done, but yeah. I guess we should have had Chet Congo in there. Okay. Oh, jeez. Well, you see, if we would have had Chet Congo in there, would have <laughs> Chet Congo would have put him out. You know? You, know, uh, you know what's crazy, though? We didn't even think it. We didn't, like, this is something I'm thinking about now. Like, a lot of the guys in the Bellator heavyweight division are, like, shorter guys. Like, Waldowski, you know, like 6'1". Check Congo, not 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 short, but you know, uh, six four. You know, not not by any means. Uh, when Fedor was fighting, you know, like just about six foot, right? A little over six foot. Yeah, some runner. Uh, new heavyweight, our boy uh, Nemkov, who made his debut. We'll talk about six foot on the dot. Like, you know, we're talking about some of these heavyweights from Bellator, not, and I think even like, like I, I mean, I can't even think, but I know some of the other guys don't nearly. I mean, some of the guys at two hundred five are taller than the heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it, Steve yep. Mowry? Like, Steve Mowry's fucking huge. Steve, he fights yeah. It's a good shot. Steve Mowry is huge. Uh, yeah, I mean, you make a good point. You make a good point. But it just kind of redirects to back to this fight itself, man. I mean, I will say, I was surprised. But, like, after watching that way, and it's like, fuck me, dude. I'm not realizing the amount of size that Vader is going to be giving up. By the way, I just had to check real quick. Steve yeah. Mowry is 6'8". Like, there you go. Jesus. Same height as uh, Problema, man. But, um, yeah, man. 
Anyways, I mean, in regards to the rest of this card, um, I mean, there were there were some banger fights, man. W- which fights do you most want to highlight? I mean, we could just go through the main event real quick, or through the main card, I mean, real quick, dude, because I feel like we could just fly by it for the most part and make some quick stops here and there. Dude, Johnny Evelyn in pick Kazagani. Johnny Evelyn in trouble, bro. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't mm-hmm. fucking believe it. I mean, Johnny Evelyn gets it done in the end. Hard-fought victory. Takes it to a split decision. I'm sure Johnny Evelyn's stomach fucking fell out of his ass there for a second. Because, man, the the undefeated record, the whole Bellator run going into the main card was about to be done there at the hands of Impey Gonzaga and I did. By the way, to all the people who, like, shit on Johnny Evelyn and shit on, like, for him being like, damn, he's really about to lose Impa, the guy who got knocked out by Joaquin Buckley. It's, you know, it's so shitty how mm-hmm. one moment can just define a person's life. And, you know... It's like, I thought in the back of my head, I was like, have you guys ever thought that Impa might have just got better? You yeah. guys ever thought about that Impa just got caught in that fight? He made a mistake, you know, that, you know, Impa didn't, you know, like, sure, PFL is, you know, to, at its time, now I'm sure it's gotten a little better it's because of the, you know, the added PFL roster. It was weaker than the UFC to the, 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 the divisions, 100%. But it, it was so frustrating to see people shit on Johnny Evelyn for how he looked against Impa when it's like, have you guys ever thought that Impa was just that game? You know, like have you guys ever considered the fact that, like, look, it shocked me, but I was like, dude, mm-hmm. this is this like it was it was cool. What if Impa Kazagana would have won? You know how fucking awesome yeah. that would have been for him. You know how much of a a crazy how much that much how much more that would add to this story. You know, I, I'm not trying to be that guy, but it's like, look where Impa's now, and look how close he was to beating Johnny Evelyn, and look at where Joaquin Buckley's at. No disrespect, Joaquin Buckley's yeah. doing so great for himself, but it's like. I don't know. I don't. You know. I hate to kind of say it. I don't. Personally, I don't think being input Kisang and I right now would be that bad. Yeah, dude. That's kind of you. You just you fucking put that perfectly, bro. Honestly, I think you do because, like, dude, it really just takes one moment for fans in the sport to completely write you the fuck off. And the, the thing I've always loved about MMA for the longest time, and I, I wonder if it's if it's partially like a newer thing. You know what I mean? I feel like it is. I see the, just because like the way people I, there's such like a new fan base in MMA. Like, like they kind of treat it like boxing. Like if you struggle at all, no matter who you're fighting, you're shit. Like I saw, this, I like dude Johnny Evelyn went like he went. I don't even know how many fucking rounds before losing one. Like I, I know that he fucking I know he dominated Fabian Edwards. Uh, I'm pretty sure he five owed Antonelli uh, Tokov. I know he five owed Gegard Mousasi. I know he five owed uh, John Salter or three owed, excuse me. Like it took, and those are excellent fighters. And just like, and then I saw like, like um, on Twitter, somebody who was like, "Oh, you know, well, I guess we learned that Johnny Evelyn wasn't as good as we thought." It's like, what the fuck? Like, what the? Fu- How many fucking like? No, like, dude, what do you? It's, it's that fucking. It's not at all what it is, man. It's it, like it's like the style, the matchup, the moment. There were so many factors to it. And it's like, are you now curious to see how Impa does in his next fight because of that? Are you now curious to see how Johnny Evelyn's going to bounce back and see if this is actually true? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that the fucking beauty in this sport, man, where that, like, now we have those curiosities? Yeah. And you just want to kill them off? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, yeah, man, it's it's just it's crazy to me, and the way people just try to write off people, man, it's just like I don't get it, man. Like Johnny Evelyn is so fucking good, 
He's so good, dude. He's the best. I mean, he, he's he's among the best middleweights on the planet. And Impakasinge, who's a great fighter in his own right, catching him. Because outside of that, outside of the second round and outside of that brief one, two-minute span where he's rocked, I thought Johnny Evelyn had a great night. Yeah. I thought round one was pretty great. Round three was pretty solid. You know, like, he is brought it, not, it back. You know? And also, is it not credible that he got out of that? You know what yeah. I mean? That he made it through that? I'm not going to lie. I felt like, and look, I'm going to like, as I said, we're not going to like try to shit on people here, but I'm going to shit yeah. on people a little bit. I felt like, like, dude, how'd you not get him out of there too? You know what I mean? Like, I thought he had him. I thought he had him. I had, I thought he had him like, he had that window right there. I thought he had him dead to rights and he couldn't get him out of there. Credit to Johnny Evelyn, right? Like, you know, he did what he had to do to survive, but man, I thought that there was, for a brief moment there, I thought Impacasong and I was going to make, you know, have a, had a career defining moment. Didn't end up getting it. Still had a moment. Well, it doesn't mean he can't continue mm-hmm. down the line. Mm-hmm. And now they got history. So, yeah, yeah, man. But I think we should probably move on. But yeah, Johnny Evelyn is still incredible. Still a great fighter. It is what it is. That's how fighting works, guys. Uh, sometimes motherfuckers get caught. Um, but look, man. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it was a solid, a solid night for him. And uh, look, he also got to keep. His girl, so good for him. Um, his OnlyFans girlfriend, who uh, apparently has two million followers, said she was going to leave him if uh, he lost. So uh, I guess good for Johnny Evelyn, bro. Um, anyways, yeah, good for him. Um, if that's if that's the life you want to live. I mean, shit, dude, have fun. You know. Uh, in regards to the rest of the card, man, we can just keep on going down. I mean, Jason Jackson, dude, the ass kicking machine. It took a long time for him to kind of get some attention, but like, dude, he's here. He's fucking here. I mean, he dominated. Ray Cooper, getting him out of there with some light kicks. What'd you make of his performance? I mean, kind of like I said, dude, I I, I didn't expect much. I, I think Ray Cooper is not anywhere. Like, he is a 170-er in and out. He should not be fighting anything above that. Because uh, ever since he's tried to go up to these other weight classes, it's just not worked out. Like, I respect Ray Cooper a lot. I, I think he's a great fighter. He's very talented. He's very exciting. He has a lot of skills. But this this uh, this weight experimentation has, has just not been it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, it, as far as as far as Ray Cooper goes, man, uh, I gotta I, I gotta wonder like if this is it for him. You know what I mean? Three laws in his last four. He's been very inactive. Um. I don't I don't know what's going on with him, man. I, I'm I'm very interested. Like, I, maybe I should just see an interview with the guy. I'm very curious what's going on with him because it seems like he's fallen off a cliff from where he was back in like 2020. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, a uh, little bit, but yeah, it seemed like that. Yeah, because it's not even just like like he's losing these fights, but like he's getting he got worked by Jason Jackson. Derek really? Brunson, he knocked him down. Yeah, I think he had one moment, but still, he got worked outside of that. He got thirty twenty five. Like, like I'm saying, he's not competing in his yeah. normal weight class, which is a, definitely a big factor because he does not look at all, in my opinion, how he did in uh, he did at one seventy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Um. Anyways, man. I mean, in regards to the rest of this card, I mean, Vadim Nemkov picked up a win. Yo, he looked Romero. fucking good. Yeah, he did. He looked really fucking good in his heavyweight debut. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a solid night for the PFL. I mean, AJ me keeping up a win over Clay Collard. Yo, Romero. Put some respect on his name. He looked great. He did. Yeah, Yo, Romero having a fight. Um. You know, people thought people were shitting on it, but I'm like, this isn't that bad. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I saw some people saying that it was like the worst fight, one of the worst fights you've ever seen. I'm like, it's really not that bad. Like, I mean, it wasn't great. What do you but... what do you expect when you get two forty year olds in a cage? 
you know, who, who, you know, one has a fused neck, one has had his, you know, knees absolutely obliterated. I mean, there's, you know, there's only, you know, I'm not gonna say there's only so much they could do, but when they have the skills they do, it's just kind of like, you know, you gotta be, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, you have to take calculated risk, you know? Yeah. Um, one hundred percent, man. I, I I didn't think it was that bad of a fight. It wasn't a great fight, but it wasn't like the worst thing I'd ever fucking seen either. Like so many people were saying. Um, in regards to in regards to this card, man, just kind of close it out. Uh, what, what did you what did you think of it, man? It was it was their first offering since since the Bellator merger. What'd you make of it? I thought overall it was a, I thought it was a solid card, man. I thought it, I think I thought it was entertaining. I thought the matchups were good. Uh, we didn't even talk about Kayla, man. I thought even you know shout out to Kayla. Uh, Kayla Harris, uh, Clarissa Shields, my bad. Yeah. Kayla Harris is going to compete in the UFC soon, yeah. but uh, you know, even 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 Clarissa Shields, shout out to her for coming out, showing up, and 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 uh, and competing. I thought she did, you know, for someone with the record she has, and you know, the the limited experience she has, I have, I have to give her some respect, dude, because she really got. I mean, is does it just me or did you feel like she was a little underpromoted too? Like I feel like when Shields was fighting her first and second fight, like they were selling her big deals, yeah. Big deals and like now they were kind of just like it was low key. It was low key. Like she was still there, but it's not. It wasn't their big selling. Which granted, it wasn't their big selling point. Their big selling point was the fact that these guys from Bellator were going to compete with their PFL guys, and this was going to be this massive night of champions. Yeah, we ended up missing out on some big matchups. Pitbull did not compete on this night. Uh, Jesus, uh, is it Jesus Pinedo? Yeah, Pinedo. We missed out on Gabriel Alasbraga, who was rescheduled for him. I mean, we we missed out on some stuff, and uh, I think Aaron Pico's opponent changed. It, it was just, uh, it was you know, there was some messiness in there, but I think they ended up still providing a good night. Uh, it was solid, man. I, uh, I feel like the other thing we also got to talk about, Josh, John Jones was on the broadcast, and Dana White was asked about it <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> yeah. That happened, yeah. I mean, look, I John said at the PFL versus Bellator show, he said specifically that he was going to fight Tom Aspinall. He said he was going to fight Steve Miocic before it's all over, and he's also going to fight Francis Ngannou before all is said and done. Um, I don't – I mean, the only way that those guys will fight is if either – like Dana White and UC have a severe change in judgment, or they are quite literally forced uh, to do it by Mickey Mouse. Think, but by Mickey Mouse, or you know, let's say like uh, the UC that antitrust trial ends up, um, like ends up like fucking have leading to major changes in terms of how the UC will operate. You know what I mean? Because kind of the thing, the way something that's like a very real possibility is the fact that like the UFC, if, if this antitrust trial goes like the absolute worst case scenario, they're not going to go ahead and go anywhere. They're probably going to become like you know how like Al Heyman's PVC is like a thing, like just like a stable of fighters that they represent that they have fight like PFL guys and Bellator guys who are their stable of fighters. You know what I mean? Kind of like boxing, right? That's the only way that that thing's going to happen. And uh, John did his best PR. Uh, you know, and, and he went and met with Francis and it was a really cool moment, dude. Like, uh, it's, if they don't have, end up fighting, that's going to be an all time what if. And, and it just sucks that that's the way it went. Cause like, if Dana just let the fucking guy box, then 
like it's like he still that fight could have happened. Like that's that was the main reason why he left for all the talk about like health insurance and all this stuff. It was very clear that Ngannou just wanted the chance to box and make a shit ton of money. And the PFL gave him that chance whenever the UFC wouldn't, and that's why he's going to be having not one but two major boxing matches, and why we're not going to get to see him fight John Jones. So, by the way, how did you feel about that sly little comment? The commentator made it being like, you know, that fight could happen. You know, we, you know, we're the issue. It's not on our side, you know, or something. He said something along the lines of like, kind of insinuating like balls in your guys' court, and not ours. Well, I mean, it's because it's factual. No, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, no, I'm not, you know, I, I know what you mean, but I just thought, like, you know, I just want to get your thoughts on the fact that he said that. I was like, oof, okay, all right, I see how you're talking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't have too many deep thoughts on it. I mean, it's true that the PFL has been saying for a while, like, hey, we're willing to work with the UC, do some co-promotion, you know, that sort of thing, because, like, they, you know, they just bought Bellator, like, they might, I know Ryzen talked about potentially working with them, like uh, Saki Ibarra did. So, like, they're willing to do this sort of stuff, but just, like, the UC's not open to it. And it's unfortunate, but it, it is what it is in in that regard. There's not a whole lot to really say, I feel like. But um, just kind of just close out, yeah, this is a solid card. Nothing too crazy, but it was a solid night, man, uh, for, for the PFL and for Bellator. To kind of get there, kind of get 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 out there and show what they've got, you know. So we'll see what they do moving forward, man. Um, we do got a fight card this weekend going down from the UC Apex. Originally supposed to be in Saudi Arabia, instead uh, the card was moved, depending on who you believe, due to the card not being good enough for Saudi Arabia. Uh, nonetheless, though, uh, we got Yarzino Rosenstrike, Biggie Boy. We got him in the main event. Uh, you know, lost three of his last four, uh, last, lost to, uh, Jilton Almeida last year, uh, taking on Shamil Gaziev, 12-0, 34 years young, 1-0 in the UC, uh, defeated Martin Boudet in December by TKO. What do you make of this, uh, make of this fight headlining UC Vegas? I believe 87. I mean, look, uh, it's not the most exciting main event, but it is heavyweight, so we know there's a finish always, you know, on the horizon, that's possible. Um, you know, Gaziev is 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 uh for, for the is a finisher. Yeah, most of his wins, uh, pretty much all his wins, come by uh, finish. He only has one career decision, a split decision of that, and uh, an Aries FC to at the time an undefeated guy. Uh, you know, so definitely, you know, definitely a game guy, decently sized amateur career, recently turned pro actually, turned pro back in in twenty twenty. It's weird. I'm looking at his record now. He had some pro. He had a pro fight and then Abby fights. I don't know. This is weird. I'm looking at it. I, oh, never mind. He competed in a in a tournament in memory of Habib's dad. So that's what it is. But it was an amateur uh, tournament, quote unquote. Okay. So decently sized uh, Abby career competing at the IMMA FA, which for those you know, for a lot of people who don't know what that is, that's the International MMA Mixed Martial Arts. Federation, like their version of like, uh, you know, just a big AMI tournament type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of young guys that come up in it nowadays, especially in the modern era. We'll especially see way more of those young guys coming up. I mean, shit, one of the, I guess one of the big poster boys for them was, uh, Mohammed Makayev, who, you know, we'll talk about later on this card. Mm-hmm. He's also on this main card. But, yeah. uh, for your senior, I think the big thing, Josh, I mean, when he's, when he's throwing, we know what he can do. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's fighting a guy, Shamil, who, you know, is capable of taking that fight to the ground, definitely upsetting his beat, and, uh, and, you know, he does have a fair, 
fair bit of finishes uh, via KO. Uh, so he could definitely take care of it uh, on the feet as well. But I think uh, I think he, for the most part, knows that Yerzinho definitely poses some danger. And we noticed that at some point in time, you know, after his Yerzinho's uh, fight against Brandis, he got a little, it seemed like he got a little gun shy. There was a little nerves. Uh, not not as come forward as not trying to get that, you know, trying to get him out of there. I think if Shamil is able to, you know, set a tone, set a pace, get Yerzinho's respect, I get Yerzinho on that back foot, I think I can easily see Shamil win here. Uh, and getting one win over Yerzinho Rising Strike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough, man. I'm going to go ahead and take the new blood as well. Um, I don't have too many deep, th- deep thoughts on this fight. I like what I've seen out of Shamil. Uh, Yarzinho, I mean, ever, ever since he kind of he came to the UFC and we had like three fights there, we were like, okay, shit, this, my guy, this guy might actually be like a real contender. And then he got, you know, annihilated by Ngannou. We were kind of like, okay, never mind. Like, he just kind of, kind of proved that, like, he's a good fighter. He's good enough to beat, uh, like, lower tier or even unranked guys. Uh, but we kind of know the story here, man. He's not, he's not good enough to beat the top echelon of talent. I don't know if, you know, I don't know if Shamil Gazeev is going to get there, but from what I've seen, I, he looks to be really talented. Um, he's the younger guy, uh, yeah, I'm going to go and take him, man. I like his background. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go and take Shamil to get the win. Uh, co-main event, we have another, you know, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to say, like, Shamil is, like, a young guy, but he's young in his career, kind of a prospect. Uh, Vitor uh, Petrino's actually just straight up young. Uh, 26 years old. We know the story here. 9-0 and and has just annihilated some guys in the UFC already, including uh, Medeus Bukakis. Taking on Tyson Pedro's, uh, you know, all, all the Pedro sexuals are going to be out on Saturday night. Uh, we got. <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? You didn't, you didn't see that. That's what the, that's what the fans. That's what they call themselves. The, the, no, the, I did it. Is that yeah, actually no, on Twitter? No, I'm fucking. They're, they're, they're called the Pedro Files. That's what they're called. Yeah. That that might be that might be worse. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm fucking around. Anyways, uh, talk to Pedro. We have the story here. Uh, took four years off from MMA. Vote for Pedro. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. You know, you're going to uh, destroy me right now. I've never seen that movie in its entirety. You've never seen Napoleon Dynamite in its entirety? There's a lot of movies like that, though. You know me. I've, I've, I've had numerous conversations with you where there's a lot of good movies I've never just watched in their entirety. That's okay, though. There's too many There's too many good ones to even, you know, to even count. So. I only watch intellectual films, Josh, like American Pie. Yeah, dude. I just – I only watch, like, uh, fucking top-tier Films like like Dirty Grandpa with with Robert De Niro, you know, the, like, the uh, room, <laughs> the room, you know, all that stuff. Um, you know, Josh, when the no, Meister comes out, Josh, you'll fucking know. God damn it. <laughs> Anyways, bro, uh, yeah, Tyson Pedro won three of his last four. Uh, all those wins come by way of knockout, but he hasn't really faced the best competition whenever he has. Uh, but you know, this is an excellent. As far as the fight goes here, uh, this one's gonna be a fucking banger. So could be a lot worse. What do you make of this one, man? I like it. I think for Vitor, I mean, he's shown some issues in fight, like IQ wise at times. Um, he's very young. I mean, he has, he, but you know, he shows all these physical talents. So, you know, with time and proper technique and everything put together, I think he could definitely be a big threat to this 205 division. I just think right now might be a little too soon. I know him and Tyson Pedro aren't that far apart in, in, uh, in, in fights. You know, it's only a four fight difference. Tyson Pedro, though, been around a little longer in the UFC, has suffered, a, you know, some tough losses. But when Tyson Pedro is on, dude, he looks like he's fucking on. Yeah. 
whenever he, whenever Tyson Pedro is like at the, the peak of his powers, dude, like he looks fucking like the real deal. Like whenever he came to the UFC, whenever like we thought like, oh shit, this guy could be a future, maybe not champion, but title challenger. Like he had the talent, he was young, and he's still young now, man. So, um, you know, I like I like Tyson Pedro a lot. Very winnable fight for him, especially especially if he is like. I don't know, man. Like, it's hard to explain. But whenever he's on, he's on. If he's on, uh, maybe he'll win this one. But I'm going to go ahead and take the younger guy, Vitor Petrino, to get the win. What, what do you make of uh, this one in terms of, like, prediction? I got Tyson Pedro. Oh, okay. All right. It's a little bit surprising. I like it. Um, in, in regards to the rest of this event, man, um, a couple of bangers, man. We, which fights do you most want to talk about? I mean, we got to talk about my favorite young talent. In the whole year, see Josh, the guy I, I've been talking about since the day his debut, been talking about him even before he debuted, uh, when he was still fighting in, in the regional scene and, and, and coming up and establishing himself. One of the most interesting guys to me. I mean, I'm glazing hardcore right now, but I got to Josh. I'm talking mm-hmm. about Mohamed Mukayev mm-hmm. taking on one Alex Perez. Alex Perez has been out of action for a while, so. I mean, two years now, last fight against Pantoja, but at the same time, though, not entirely his fault, has had dozens at this point of rescheduled fight. This guy was supposed to bite, fight Matt Schnell at one point in time three different times. Mm-hmm. At one point, they actually weighed in, but Perez missed weight. Yep. Yeah, he's been he's been through it, man. He's been through the shit, you know. He's a, he's a guy that is... um. So exciting, so talented. 23 years young as well, and uh, dude, like, I was really thinking maybe he could be the youngest guy to become champion. I, th- I thought maybe he'd be the guy to break John's record. Um, I believe he's going to be out of time on that. I don't think he'll be able to... Uh, just just slightly behind, just slightly yeah. behind. You know, it's crazy how much people talk about that. Like, uh, they think that record won't be broken, but I, I think that with how much MMA is changing and how much better younger talent is... Like coming into the UFC, I think one day someone will break that at some point. Yeah. How old was he on 2023 or was it 22? 2023, yeah. Oh, someone could definitely break that. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, it makes it makes sense. I mean, there's like for every every record that like people think is unbreakable, enough time ha- like passes, somebody will be around to break it. You know what I mean? It's only, like, it's only 23, dude. I don't think that's I don't think that's far fetched, especially with the, how talented guys are nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really just takes one guy. Like, it's literally all it takes is just one guy. He's like a phenom at 18. You know what I mean? Gets into the UFC. Like, I really thought that maybe this would be the guy, but uh, you know, ran out of time. Had stuff happen, like you said. Like, it had, had an injury that, that slowed him down a little bit too. You know. Exactly, stuff out of his control. So, um, he's only twenty three. I mean, he he'll be, you know, depending how things go, he could be champ by the age of twenty four, twenty five. You know, twenty six. Yeah, that's very young. So, that's still be one of the youngest, youngest champs. Who's the second youngest? I know that's a very odd thing to ask right now. I genuinely have no idea. Actually, I'm actually curious. I'm gonna research that while we while we continue. Yeah. Anyways, man. Um, in regards to the rest of his card, yeah, man. I mean, he's going to take on Alex Perez, who Alex Perez has just been through the fucking weeds, man. I mean, this guy's had so many canceled fights. His losses last two, whatever he has Ooh. fought. So, uh, he's been through it, you know. Okay, do we want UFC or do we want, do we count WEC? Let's, let's go both. Give me both. 
Well, I don't. I don't have. I don't. I have to like really look for it. But just to okay. give you an idea, it's he's he's a goat. I'd say he's a goat. He's a he's a featherweight. Who do you think it is? The featherweight. And I already, yeah, it already kind of oh. gave you. I already kind of oh, gave it's, you. Oh, it's Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo, twenty-four years old, two months. Wow. Uh, number three is Josh Barnett, also twenty-four years old, that four months. Sense. That makes sense. Yeah. He was. Uh, yep, and it was, and I guess so. There you go. There's that. That's technically the second. Twenty-five, I think. Maybe. Twenty-four. Twenty-four, 24 and four yeah. months. When he beat Randy Couture. Yeah. Yep. I believe. Crazy. So. No, no. He said he made his UFC debut. The week after his 23rd birthday and won three of the, of his, what is that, first four fights in the octagon. Yeah. Uh, and then he was awarded a title shot following that against, like you said, Randy Couture. And he was defeated at only 24. Who he defeated only at 24. Yeah. I believe it. And right behind that, Josh, Carlos Newton. <laughs> oh, the, the GOAT. The Canadian GOAT. Fuck the DSP. Carlos, the, I'm the, real Canadian, the real Canadian gangster. <laughs> Um, anyways, man. Yeah, just kind of move on. I mean, you got Umar Nurmagomedov coming back here. Um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I know damn, they Josh. really... Yeah, what? So, damn, Josh, should I even talk about his opponent? I mean, I mean, okay. He's taking on Bezkat Almakian out of Kazakhstan. Kid's 26 years old, 17-1. and one. However, this is his UC debut. Came from Octagon. Hasn't faced a guy. A lot of guys have, you know, great resumes or relatively well-known guys. He has this some is, crazy highlights. Feels, he does. This feels like a setup for a setup for Umar, though. I mean, it feels like they really want Umar to be like that guy, which is why they're trying to book him. I mean, it, it could be. You know, this. I mean, this could be just one of these guys that's just been waiting for an opportunity, though. I mean, obviously, I don't know that for a fact yet, but like I said, I've seen some of these guys as. Uh, I've seen his highlights a lot over Twitter, like a while back before we even got signed. So. I mean, I'm not going to sell him out, but at the same time, like you're saying, he hasn't faced any competition to this level. I don't think he would face like a former UFC fighter. Granted, though, just because you're a former UFC fighter doesn't mean, you know, that you've been that good, you know, not to be disrespectful, you know. Yeah. We definitely had our fair share of guys who were not UFC caliber that were in the UFC. So, you know, I, I don't know. You never know what this kid could do. He could come in here, show up, and do some stuff. But, Josh, it's been uh, – we're going on over a year now at a competition. I mean, the last guy he fought was Hany Barcelos. Mm-hmm. 2023, January 14th. Uh, before that, he competed in 2022, mid- midway through the year. And uh, that was one of his more active years in recent time. Before that, obviously, Kobe played a big factor. I mean, he like one of his he fought in 2019, and he didn't fight again until 2021. So there's been a lot of big gaps. But hopefully, you know, now that... Uh, now that we, you know, we're kind of in this post-COVID era, things can kind of get yeah. rolling. Maybe we could get some matchups going. But he's also withdrawn for a fight. He was supposed to fight Corey Anderson late last year. Uh, not Corey, Corey Sanhagen. If we fought Corey Anderson, that means it. Corey <laughs> Sanhagen late last year. That ended up happening. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens um, with him. I mean, in regards to the rest of this, uh, what is this, Vegas 87, I believe? Yeah, Vegas 87. Um, you know what I'm, I'm excited for, man? I mentioned him actually a couple of times. I forgot he was fighting this weekend. Astro Boy, Steve Ursay. Uh, 
Uh, eleven and one man. Um, gonna take him on Matt Schnell, who Matt Schnell is just one of these guys at flyweight who just puts on banger after banger. That fight with Sumadajiri was insane. Brandon Roy Valfight was pretty exciting too. Um, excited to see him back. This fight's gonna be a banger. We're gonna see what Steve Urseg's made of. Uh, there's no fucking doubt about that. Um, in terms of the rest of the card, man, I mean, you got Eric Anders, Jamie Pickett. I'm happy they're giving Jamie Pickett another fight, man. By the way, that's um, uh, that's uh, I wouldn't say. I mean, loser. I wouldn't say loser leaves town, but if Jamie Pickett loses, that's definitely the last one. Oh, well, not a doubt in my mind. I think I think Eric Anders could lose this in San UC. You know, but I think if Jamie Pickett and I'm happy. Look, I'm I'm happy they're giving him another one because I thought I think he kind of got I think he kind of got fucked. Uh, I mean he, that that Bo Nickel fight, which sometimes it cracks me up. Like I've never seen anybody move, like a company and even fans too move on from like a controversial win as quick as they did that one. You know what I mean? Like, but dude, I'll like, tell you this: like they've yeah. really given this guy some chances because he lost twice yeah. on the Contender Series, then he finally won. Yeah. And, uh, you know, his losses are to, like, Too Fun and Chawuki, who, I don't even know if Too Fun's in the fucking UFC anymore. He's on a three-fight, actually, now he's on a three-fight losing streak. He could be in the UFC. Yeah. Poliana Serrano, who just lost uh, late last year to uh, Dustin Stoffelis. In his last five, he's one and four. Jordan Wright is another one of his losses. He's also lost his last four. And this isn't in the UFC anymore. Kyle Dawkins, who's not in the UFC anymore. Dennis Tunelin, who's somehow still in the UFC, maybe? I forgot who's on the UFC roster. Bo Nickel, who's on the rise. And Josh Friend. Yep. Those are some pretty rough losses in there when most of your opponents aren't even in the UFC, man. No disrespect. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, Like, they've really given him some chances. Yeah, they have, they have. I get you, but um, yeah. Anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm happy he's getting another one though. But he's got he's, he's a tough out, man. Tough out against uh, Eric Anders. He must have um, a great agent, by the way. <laughs> probably, it's probably. I'm sure. I mean, there's only like seven fucking guys who are actually agents, so uh, we'll see. Um, I don't even know who like he's actually managed by. It's probably he's probably Ali. It's always Ali, if we're being honest, you know. Right. Uh, anyway, so. Um, in terms of the rest of the card, man, Olivon uh, Zahabi's back in Jalil Basharag. I'm excited to see that one. Uh, Christian Leroy Duncan, the notorious CLD. Excited to see him back against Claudio Rivero. Um, Ludvok Kleinting on AJ Cunningham, where Boots coming in on short notice. Like four uh, days' notice, bro. Yeah. Should be a fun fun car, uh, fight card, man. Any closing thoughts on this one before we move on? Um, not too many, man. I just hope that these guys are able to put on a fun card, kind of do a good showing because dude we didn't even really talk about it but this card was in fucking shambles at one point like, this card could have had potentially eight or nine fights uh joel ever's little bit of klein like uh little klein was potentially not going to have it at all at least from what we thought from what we heard from joel average joel average medicine like the fight got moved on lubit ended up getting a new opponent but it's just olivera's opponent fell out they ended up bringing in bernardo sopage on short it's a 23 year old we'd be making his uc debut he had a he had a fight scheduled for the ninth. He is now fighting on the second of March. Mm-hmm. So, shout out him for obviously one taking the you know for one uh, taking the jump, taking because he was going to fight for the title in his uh in this regional promotion in Sweden. He's going to fight for the 135 pound title. Now he's going to be fighting the fucking UFC on days' notice, man. Luckily he's on, luckily he's uh at least making he was on fight camp to make weight. 
And yeah. now he's no longer to be fighting for this title that he thought was hopefully going to try to maybe potentially get him to the UFC. Now he's going to be fighting in the actual fucking UFC against a game ass fucking opponent. Yep. Yeah, I mean, hey, good for him though. You know, good for him. Man. Um, I, I do think we should go and move on though because we've got a, a fair bit of news, man. Oh no, um, we gotta talk about one more. Josh. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Keep, 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 keep. So we got to talk about Raul Rosas Jr. Ricky Tercios. Oh, this goes into last week and this week, Josh. Yeah. Raul Rosas Jr. and Ricky Tercios were supposed to fight last week on the main card of the UFC Mexico. That did not end up happening. Raul apparently fell short to illness. This is only from what they made it sound like or what Ricky made it sound like from what we heard. It sounded like this happened minutes before the walkout. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if, like, Raul had been feeling bad the whole time and had just been trying to shove it through. Hopefully it was just, you know, and just hopefully make it, you know, by the time it's time to go, it's time to go. Then ended up happening. Data comes out, UFC post-fight, says, yeah, guys, so uh, we scheduled Ricky and Raul for next week. Ricky goes on his Instagram, I don't know if it's that same night or the following day, and says, this is bullshit, you know, or not this is bullshit, he says, lies, Ricky, Raul Rosa Jr. violated the Bushido code and dishonored me or something along the lines of that. This fight is not happening, it has not been rescheduled. Yeah, dude, that fight got canceled and he was like, fuck this. I mean, it didn't help that Dana announced it in the post-fight, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, fucking, uh, conference that the fight was happening but i mean it's not like the usc they would angel they would never announce a fight before it's ready right right <laughs> they would never do that never never yeah good uh yeah good good for uh fucking you know Dude, good for ricky man ricky don't, don't get stood on business bro ricky yeah. stood on business good for him man don't get robbed don't get bossed around by him man they yeah, hey dude. you know he knows what the deal is there. He knows that they're hoping that, you know, Raul beats him anyway. So it's like... Dude, I mean, Raul Russell, he said it, Josh. He, fought, he violated the Bushido Code, dude. They're lucky it wasn't fucking... I wonder what he's going to do with the UFC violates the Bushido Code, dude. Like, hey, Dana does not want to find out, okay? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, man. Um, yeah, in, in terms of the news, man, because we got, we got a fair bit of it to go ahead and hit. Um We'll go ahead and start off with Gervonta Davis. You know, Gervonta Davis has been out of action since a knockout win over Ryan Garcia last April. Uh, he's been linked to a lot of guys, including Connor Ben. Apparently, he will instead be fighting the rising Frank Martin. There is no fight date as of now, but apparently will be going down in the early summer on an Amazon Prime pay-per-view for the PBC. Uh, what do you make of this fight, man, uh, for, for Gervonta coming back? Look, I mean, it's Tank, man. You know, we always gonna watch Tank. I mean, you know, he's gonna give us a high, potentially a highlight finish every time. Um, and look, he's twenty nine years old. He's trying to capitalize on on his on his youth and in his prime, and and try to get fights, man. Even if those guys aren't the guys you necessarily always want, but you're gonna get still at least relatively relevant guys in that division. Yeah, and look, I mean, I can't lie. Um, I I like Tank in terms of like just straight up entertaining fights. I mean, I think Tank might be the most entertaining guy in boxing in terms of in that in the lightweight weight class. You know what I mean? So, um, but at the same time, man, he he fights a lot of guys that just disappoint me. Um, and some of the times they're like tune ups. Like I was willing to ex- excuse a guy. Like I think he fought Hector Hector Luis Garcia or something. I think the guy's name was. 
Um, but at least that was like a tune-up for Ryan. You know what I mean? Like to, to turn down Connor Ben for a guaranteed, you know, ten million plus pay-per-view and gate to fight Frank Martin. It's like I don't. It is disappointing, but I mean, I'll still watch it. So I, you know, I can't really talk that much shit, can I? So um, he's making the money, right? He's making the money. Yeah, good for him, man. Good for him. It'll be a fun fight. It'll be a fun fight. That's all. Uh, that's all you really want, right? Um, and you never know who's going to be the guy who shows up, right, on the day of who makes that, who has that big moment. Exactly, exactly. And, and Tank's had some tough fights before, so we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens here, man. Um, There's another another boxing one, another quick hit. Uh, Canelo Alvarez, who's even talks to fight Jermall Shar, though. Apparently, he will not. At the 11th hour, apparently, talks fell apart between not only him, but also the PBC because, folks, Canelo Alvarez is a free agent. Uh, he parted ways with the PBC uh, with two fights remaining. Apparently, the deal was they offered him Jamal Charlo and David Benavidez and uh, rejected it, and now he's a free agent. What do you make of this news? Canelo Alvarez still set to fight uh, May 4th, but no opponent as of now. He stood on business, Josh. That's, that's, that seems what Canelo's been doing for a minute now, dude. He's been standing on business. Uh, I think the current rumor, though, is that he's going to fight Jaime Munguia. No confirm, no confirmation on that just yet, but, I mean, good matchup if it does end up happening. I know I'm going to talk about it as, as if it is, but, I mean, Canelo's still going to be in some big fight, dude. He's not going to fight the, oh, what is it? Who was the guy he fought for? Turkey? Andre Yildrum? No, <laughs> Andre Yildrum. You know, he's the, you're, you're not going to get really much of any, if any, of those fights from Canelo really ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's still going to fight someone relevant, someone interesting. You know, everybody wants to benefit this fight. Give it time. It'll happen. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully it will happen, man. Yeah. Um, I got faith. I got faith it will happen at some point. Still going to have to wait and see when it does, though, unfortunately. Um in terms of Canelo, man, I, I wouldn't mind that Munguia fight, man. I know everybody wants David Benavidez, but Jaime Munguia is a great fight. Edgar Berlanga, I know he's been linked to him. I got no fucking interest in that, um, just personally, but we'll see. I think um, Edgar Berlanga, that's a weird fight. It is a weird fight, but apparently that's, you know, they've been linked to it, so we'll see. We'll see. That is a very weird fight. I don't, I don't, yeah. think, that, I don't think that's a good fight for either one of those guys. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. Um I don't think it does anything for Canelo, and I don't think it, 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 and it's Edgar Belong is not ready Edgar, for that. Considering he's like a young guy, and if it just fuck him up, even yeah, terrible yeah. fight. But that's what Eddie Eddie Hearn wants, apparently. Really? How did how did Eddie word it? Wait, Josh, I'm getting. I think we're getting. Is that Eddie Hearn I hear on? Is he calling in right now, Josh? Is that? Well, I I I talked to Sal, and and I talked to Sol, and and, and he and he. And and he was talking about finding Edgar Belanga and and Edgar Ed, Edgar's a great he's a great kid I mean he, he you know he just beat he beat you know he got a fight over the weekend and uh and, and and you know don't 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 give me that you know oh we want to see another fight David Benavidez well don't get don't, like just don't, Dude, don't give me that I mean Eddie Hearn is just like a less <laughs> like he he's English he's like Danny White but English but. Has less less to say with no direction. I feel most of the time. <laughs> That's probably a good way to put it. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, dude. I I don't like boxing promoters. I don't like MMA promoters. They're just they just feel like I know they're trying to sell me shit, and just like I don't like salesmen in general. You know what I mean? At the same time, though, dude. I, and even even then, I know what the deal is with Eddie Hearn. I know I know it. But at the same time, like I'll watch 
watching an interview with Eddie, I'm like, oh, man, that's just Eddie Hearn, man. You know, like, that's what, what a friendly guy, you know? Like, he always cracks me up in his fucking interviews, bro. And then, like, and then he'll go out there and be like, yeah, we, the, the fight the fight to make really is Canelo, Canelo Alvarez soul, solely. Well, he really wants to fight Edgar Belanga. And I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up, Eddie. Like, what the fuck are you, like? <laughs> what Papania are you on? Yeah. Um. Anyways, man, we'll see what happens with Canelo. Um in the future. Again, he still is planning on fighting on, on March 4th, so we'll have to see again, too. This, this story, you know, this story, it, will, it just keeps on going, man. Uh, this UFC antitrust trial, which not enough people are talking about, st- uh, still set for April 15th, two days after UFC 300. And, uh, dude, it's going to be packed, you know. Uh, there are going to be fighters in attendance, funnily enough. I think uh, Nate Quarry and a couple of the other guys are going to be in attendance. Well, so will be Fighters in attendance, but they're going to be on the UFC side. Uh, it came out this week, some of the pre-trial uh, docket, I believe, was released, showing who they're going to call. So the UFC, to call as witnesses, are Ali Abdelaziz, Jason House, of, uh, you know, I, I can't remember the name of who he, like, his uh, representation company, as well as a bunch of fighters. Michael Bisbing, Chael Sonnen, Michael Uncle Chandler. <laughs> And Misha Tate, as well as Donald Cerrone, will all be testifying for the UFC. Uh, this flew under the radar, man. What do you, what did you make? What do you make of this? These being the fighters. You know, out of all the people you would expect, I feel like that's the most odd, except for one. I'd say I, I could see Chandler, but the rest kind of throw me off. But I guess, you know, at the same time, some of those, the UFC has been really good to some of those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially good to, I think, well, granted, even though in Cowboy, and granted, Cowboy, Cowboy's just always down to fight, you know, so he kind of, you know, I'm not surprised, right? He was a company man, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't have too many deep thoughts about this, man. I, I think, like, it's, it's, I've said this on Twitter, you know, it's it's the one you least expect, you know? Like, um, right? and I will say, there's a funny detail about this. Part of the the heck, could you imagine if we would have got Connor in that shit? Oh, jeez. Here's a funny detail, Angel. Uh, of all those fighters, uh, four of the five, if the UFC loses this trial, will receive payouts. Interesting. You know? Um, you know what's crazy? Yeah. All of those guys are American yeah. except one, too. Yeah. Correct, yeah. yeah. Well, only one international fighter. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Anyways, man. I mean, yeah, it was, uh, you know, they're all eligible. They're all going to get paid. The, you... Fighters could pull out of their, like, if you fought from 2010 to 2017, um, you're able to go ahead and get a payout. You're also able to withdraw yourself from that process. None of those fighters did. Uh, the only one who is not going to be getting a payout if the fighters win the trial will be uh, Michael Chandler because he was in Bellator for that time period. But, yeah, I just felt like I, I felt like I had to give that small update because I know that, you know, maybe some people... What kind of money could they get? What kind of, what kind of payout could they get? Well, the UFC, if they lose, they're going to have to pay out upwards of $1.6 billion, and there's 1,200 UFC fighters. Oh, man, gonna, really sh- that most, that's most of the WWE assets right there, if not all of them. Yeah, I mean, it's... How much it's, How much is the how much is the WWE worth, or the group or whatever? I think we talked about this at some point in the past. It's, uh, it's, um, their, their group, I can't remember how much their group is worth, but I want to say it's $21 billion maybe. That, and, you know, the UFC's not part of that, too, right? Yeah. Ah, they'll be fine. <laughs> you know. No, that's a whole. That's that's both of them together. So they're so according to uh, the market summary, they're worth fourteen point five eight billion. 
they could be forced to pay out 1.2 or 1.6, excuse me, per this lawsuit. But I think they, because of this type, the type of lawsuit that it is, you may even have to pay more. I think it can change, it can vary. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, we'll we'll see, we'll see what happens. I I, I keep on finding it interesting that it's happening just two days after UC 300. It, remi- it reminds me of the time. You see 200. They're like, yo, no, 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 we're not going to sell. We're not going to sell the company. We're not going to do it. This isn't important. This doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. It's not happening. And then two days later, they sold the UFC. So it's like, damn, man. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, man. Um, got a couple other things. Two things left to hit. Uh, we got Nate Diaz, who has been out of action since a loss to Jake Paul in the boxing ring in August. He said... He wants to come back to MMA. He said he wants to fight at the UFC Las Vegas Sphere event in September. Um, so that's the sign, obviously. I think that's a perfect place for Nate Diaz to return. Man. What do you make of that? I'd be down. Yeah. What type of what type of opponent do you think would make sense for him? Jesus Christ. That's the issue with Nate, right? Well, there's no yeah. other choice, Josh. The problem child! Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, they probably end up getting Jorge back. I mean, they, you know, they've been beefing. You've seen it. Yeah. That'd probably be the most, uh, logical one. Remember, they already fought, but I really don't, do you think that fight could go any better? I mean, what is the, I mean, the first fight was kinda, kinda eh. You know? Just kinda ended up not being as good as I thought it was gonna be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I could, I'm surprised they didn't end up booking the MMA thing, like the MMA rematch. I know they talked about it a bunch. Because um, they could have paid Nate, but I think I think Nate also knew that if he did that, it'd be like the, there'd be some animosity with the UFC. I think that, and I also think he knows that if he loses, which I don't think he would lose an MMA fight, obviously, but like there's so much more of a risk for a know. guy. Yeah. No, bro. You know Nate. You don't need anyone that small. Come on, bro. You know Jake had that on the back. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know, man. He choked out Logan Paul in the streets of New Orleans. So I mean, <laughs> you know, like, oh. yeah, the fucking Logan Paul clown. <laughs> um, anyways, man. Yeah, I think this is a perfect destination for Nate, man. If you're, if they're gonna build up this Las Vegas Sphere event, there's no bigger fighter to get. Then Nate Diaz, dude. The return of Nate Diaz, man. That's huge. I would love it. Um, but anyways, man. Got it. Got a little bit more to go ahead and cover. This is actually going to be the last topic of the day. Man. Jake Paul fighting this Saturday night in Puerto Rico in the co-main event of Amanda Serrano. Her return. Taking on Ryan Borland. Uh, official prediction. We already talked about this fight a fair bit because it got announced only like three weeks ago. Uh, who do you got in this one? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know who you got, but why don't you go ahead and tell me anyway? <laughs> you cut out there. You said Ryan and, and, and Devin, right? Huh? You said Ryan and Devin, right? You cut out there for a second. Uh, I, no, I was saying like we got we got the return of of Jake Paul taking on Ryan Borland. I think I know who you're gonna pick. But oh man, Josh, oh, this is a harder one for me. I <laughs> I hate to say it, man, but I think Jake Paul is gonna do it again. <laughs> Don't think fucking forty year old Ryan Borland who who has fought 30, had one 35, fight. Thirty five. Thirty five. Come on. Ah, uh, he looks forty. <laughs> be respectful, Josh. Be respectful. I gotta be respectful. Yeah, I saw their their stare down. Dude, he's just I don't get what he's doing, man. I mean I we talked about this. I'm we don't have to get into this whole thing. 
He's going to the opposite way he should have gone about this. He should have fought some of these scrubs to begin with and then fought MMA guys, you know what I mean? Like, um, But, you know, I mean, look, I'm going to go ahead and take Jake Paul, too. He's going to win this fight. Um, yeah, knock out this poor guy. Yeah, knock out this poor guy. That's going to be it. Uh, I mean, Andre August from – I watched both of these – I watched a lot of – I watched like, whenever the fight's gotten asked, I watched film of not only his last opponent before they fought and then this guy. Andre August appears to be levels above Ryan Borland. So, I mean, it's, it really feels like this is a, kind of a, a formality, you know? But, uh, yeah, man. I mean, I, I don't have too many defaults on this. It's going to be a Jake winning. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, anything else we talk about before we go ahead and close out of here, man? No, I mean, nothing in particular. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see how Jake does, you know, if he ends up, uh, you know, continues showing improvements, kind of if he does, if he has another big call out. After this, because, you know, he's, I mean, he's been active, right? This, this is pretty active. we got to give him credit. Yeah. Uh, You know, three three fights in 2023, obviously had that split against Tommy Fury. Uh, but he's been, like, ever since he fought uh, Anderson, uh, it's just been nonstop from there. And even going into this 2024 year, it's still going. So, yeah. credit, credit where credit is due, man. He, you know, at 27 years old, he's, he's, you know, doing the thing, the right thing by being proactive. Yeah, 100%, man. He's trying to stay active, and hopefully he can make some big fights in the future. This fight's kind of just a bit of a throwaway, but it is what it is, man. Um, That's all I got. I'm at Josh Shovinoff on Twitter. He's at Angel Ortega underscore 01. At Courtside Sound for all things relating to the show. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.